0: Welcome to the Power of Love show sponsored by the Dee Jackson Foundation, where we shine a light on loss and grief and how it impacts our lives. We are here to provide hope, resources, and a community so no one feels alone in their grief. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Power of Love show uh, sponsored by the Dee Jackson Foundation, where we shine a light on loss and grief and how it impacts our lives we are here to provide hope, resources, and a community so no one feels alone in their grief. We believe that through the power of love that nothing is impossible with love on your side. I am TJ Jackson, and right now I have with me Todd Jackson.
1: Um, that you guys that say anything? Yeah. You're just going to let me just freeze I, up I like that? I thought you were going to give me a little more. You know, I'm your older <laughs> brother. I'm, I'm, I'm in distress, but. Uh,
0: so yeah. we are live on the Power of Love show. If you're listening to us right now, thank you for joining us. Um, we are obviously not doing this on the radio currently because of COVID-19. We are doing this live streaming um, from our own places. And my internet has been so bad that I am in this new area. Actually, it's... Uh, Taj, you know where I'm at, right?
1: No, but I'll I'll, I'll guess where you want to. Taj knows a,
0: you should know exactly where I'm yeah. at. it's where you actually spend many much of yeah. your time when you come yeah. here. Yeah. Um. But we are uh in Los Angeles and we are live on Facebook and YouTube and we and we're gonna go ahead and do the disclaimer now, Taj. We are not licensed therapists. We are just ordinary people who've experienced loss in our lives. We've been impacted by it and we've learned from it and we want to share our opinions in an attempt to help you overcome whatever it is you are going through. Saying that if you need professional help, we urge you to seek it and to find it. Do not just rely on us. Um, Today, we have a great show lined up. We have a special guest, Um, but before we get into that, um, the first thing, I guess, I'll start with
1: this, Taj. How was your week? I um I went out for like the first time. Where'd like you go? Um, just around. Don't really want to disclose. <laughs> okay, okay. But I I, was I I did you. some shopping and grocery shopping and stuff like that. And did you have a mask on and gloves yeah. and all that yeah. stuff? I, gloves. Met. I looked like I was. You know me. Like I get decked from head to toe. Like I'm a germaphobe. So it kind of looked ridiculous, but I didn't really care. But yeah. And I don't have just one glove, just in case one breaks or whatever. So I have like a couple gloves in my pocket and, you know, extra masks in my pocket and stuff like that. So I, but, can kind um, of- I was surprised how many people were out and about. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it actually shocked me and scared me a little that there were a lot of people without masks too. So a lot of people. Really? Yeah. Walking around and, and whatever. And so. I, I don't know
0: what it is. I don't know if it's because I have friends that are not in the States. Um, but for some reason, I feel like we're taking it very, um, you know, we're very relaxed about it here. And I don't know if that's just here in Los Angeles or California or just across the nation. I feel like we're being so relaxed about it, um, yeah. you know, but I I obviously I believe everyone just wants this thing to end as soon as possible and i'm hoping that we can somehow play it smart and make sure we are there for each other and doing what we're supposed to be doing
1: yeah i mean that's, i think the thing is is it how serious you take it is how close to home it is for you yeah if you've known someone that's been sick or if you've known someone that's passed away then you obviously will take it or you know someone of someone then you'll take it a lot more serious i think there's certain people that don't know someone in their circle yet and so they are not as serious about it. And
0: um, you know, here in California, Governor uh, Newsom uh, he announced that some of the stores and 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 you know other places of establishments can be can reopening as soon as this Friday. So that's in two days. Um, you know, but I I know at least according to the news, there's been a lot of pressure to reopen beaches and other establishments. So. At one point, you know, the government can only do once so much before people just rebel and, and, you know, and and decide to do what they want. So I just hope we're all making the right decision for really our elderly or those who have compromised health, um, you know, health systems. and
1: pre um, con- preconditions.
0: <laughs> I was going to jump in, but I wanted you to struggle with it, Tasha. Yeah, I know you,
1: you like that. Um, <laughs> Pre-existing conditions. There you go.
0: There you go. There you go. Um, well, before before we get into our show and our guests, I will say um, we should say this: Terrell's not here, um, but we we do want to make sure everyone knows we love Terrell and we're a brotherhood. And uh, I don't want to get too far into it, but um, there's no loss, love, loss between us as brothers, as well as with the foundation and Terrell and vice versa. I think that was important to say because I didn't want that to be the big elephant in the room. And I did take hosting classes, and that was one of the main things they mentioned is that anytime there's something going on, you should always address it because the viewer and listener will always be wondering. Um, I personally feel some things should remain private, so there's some things that we'll discuss on our own um, as brothers. But for now, I think that's what we should say. Cool. Cool. Okay. I thought you were going to say more. Um, okay, Todd, I'll, I'll say this too. My week was much of the same. Um, I didn't do too much. Uh, I, I didn't go out anywhere, but the one thing, you know, I, I did do was I, um, I've been swimming a lot, which has been cool. It's been fun. I usually don't swim a lot, but you know, with, with my options limited, um, I've been swimming and um another big thing that happened for all of us this week was grandma's 90th birthday. Yes. Um it's uh an old Jack he celebrated birth they have they share the same birthday. Mm-hmm. But it just got to me thinking that you know how blessed we are to not only have grandma but you know for her to be 90 years old. Um she's doing well. It's, um it's been a couple of weeks since I spoke to her. Um mm-hmm. I think you may have spoken to her more recent than me, but she's doing well and and we're all thankful for that. And and although she doesn't celebrate birthdays, we just want to uh, congratulate her and wish her a, a a beautiful another year in her life. She means yeah. so much to our entire family. So um, no, that's it. I just thought we should address that as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think she's like the epitome of, of strength in, in terms of what she's gone through in life um, and where she's come from. And, you know, I have nothing but the utter respect for my grandma, as, as you know, like she's our role model. And so, yeah. (laughs) I love you, Todd. You're so funny to me.
0: Um, Okay. (laughs) Okay. So Todd, you, you have Taylor who is, I know one. Um, So you don't have to worry about schools and what COVID-19 has done for, you know, for you as a, as a father of a child But for me with uh, several kids in schools, it's been a different experience Mm -hmm. and um, it's been different for many reasons. Number one, you know, it's it's the the whole abruption of the schedule of normalcy for them, for us first as parents, but also for them has been challenging. Um, Some of the kids are are very independent and can handle everything that's going their way and, you know, checking emails and things and, and others need more help. So it's been interesting learning more about our kids, but also more challenging because it's taken up more of our times as parents to, to not only do what we need to get done, but also now playing the role as a co co teacher or, you know, guiding them or holding their hand through their rest of their school, uh, school semester. So, today, uh, we are blessed to have a guest who is in the education system, and she is someone who is going to be a great resource, not only for me, but I believe all of our viewers out there who may be
1: dealing with this exact same situation.
0: So, without further ado, Real quick, quick before
1: we introduce her. Yes. Um, I think it's very important, I think, uh, just from talking to my friends and stuff like that that have kids and... Other people that have kids, you know, I think we take for granted what schooling and teachers, you know, do for our kids in a way. And I think we're getting a kind of a taste of what it takes in that way. So I think it's not a blessing in disguise, but it is important. You know, there's a certain appreciation now for what schools and teachers do for our kids, which I've always known. But it's like now people are really seeing it.
0: Uh, great, great addition, Todd. I think it's people. I mean, I've heard that response many times. You know, our, our teachers are underpaid. You know, that now people are starting that, to say that.
1: For years, yeah.
0: And, but, you know, and, and there's been many type of um, eye openers because of this COVID 19. And I think mm-hmm. that is one that is a big one, you know. So well said. Um, okay, Taj. So here we go. Uh, we're going to add Julie. And, and I'm hesitating because her name's a challenging one. But Julie, welcome to our show. And then wait, Julie, let me try to say your name again. Hold on. It's Julie okay. Rakowskis,
1: right?
2: Rakowskis, you, you nailed it, <laughs> Oh, wow. I was
1: hoping <laughs> it wouldn't. Sorry, Julie. It just rolled right off the
2: tongue.
1: <laughs> yeah. Julie
0: Rakowskis is a art specialist from the Boston Public School District. And she is joining us. Um, to share some intel, some information on on the schooling and, and maybe give us some tips. So Julie, my first question to you is how are you doing with all this <laughs> upheaval that's been, I'm sure if it's crazy for me, I can only imagine what it's like for you um, dealing with it. So how are you doing?
2: Thank you. Hi. Um, like, like anyone else, first I just, I want to say thank you for having me on here. Um, I'm so excited. I love the concept of your show. Um, you know, we have a a friend in common who just raves about the foundation and your family. And so to be able to meet you guys and come on here to discuss and be a part of your program is really, uh, really lovely for me. So thank you for that. Awesome. Welcome. Um, Thank you. How am I doing? How is anyone doing? This is just wild. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the education world, I mean it's it's tough because, you know, as a teacher, you really you really think about your students, you think about their parents who are being a parent and being a teacher, and it's just it's pretty chaotic for everyone right now. So we're um we're waiting, I guess, for the for the dust to kind of settle in this whole brand new world that we're in. But I you know, it's it's tough to say whether or not it will. So yeah. doing as best as anyone can, I guess.
0: So Julie, do you actually teach a class or you do? Yep. Okay. So what grade level, what age level do you teach?
2: Um, The school that I work at is sixth grade through 12th grade. Um, and I'm a, a specialty subject in that school. So it depends on the year. This year I'm teaching sixth, seventh, and eighth grade.
1: Mm.
0: Wonderful. Okay. So... And that that's tough because that's an age where I think there's a lot of already built in emotions and change in in kids. So you add to that <laughs> this kind of a change, and that's got to be tough. Let me ask you this: Do you ever? Okay, so are you teaching daily, like in like with Zoom, and because that's what my girls are doing; they're doing Zoom. So are you teaching with Zoom?
2: So we started out. Um, you know, because everything kind of happened overnight. And there wasn't a plan in place because who could have seen this coming? Um, so we started out by acclimating, teachers kind of started wrapping their heads around what was going on. And we would post different assignments for students to go on their own time and be submitting every day. We'd be chatting, we would set up Zooms for kids to come ask questions and have office hours. And then starting this week, the school that I'm at we have a completely new, it is a set schedule. So kids have to report to Zoom at certain times. So mm-hmm. we're giving them a little more structure and that that this is day three of that, so. And how's working. that been? Yeah.
0: Has that been working out better?
2: I think I've seen a lot more engagement from students because I mean, like you said too, their middle school And they miss each other. They crave socialization. Mm -hmm. They're emotional tornadoes. Yeah. And, um, you know, they're missing each other. And much as they would never admit it, they're missing their teachers and they're missing (laughs) the stability. Mm -hmm. So they've been showing up now that they have an actual time that they have to be there. Um, I think I've been surprised at how much higher our engagement has really been.
0: Mm. That's good. Yeah, I was going to ask you to walk us through what it was like initially when you had to make the switch to distance learner. What was that period like? Like, what did you, what intel were you getting from you know any of your faculty, as well as what were you doing to try to calm your your students, you know, their nerves and and teach them and still maintain a strong teaching regimen? What did you do for yeah. that?
2: Um, oh, as much as we could, I guess. So it's it was very. So as I mentioned, we really had no warning. And then um, all of a sudden it was, wow, we have to flip our whole teaching model around and figure out um, how we're gonna set up a classroom virtually and how you're gonna manage a classroom in a way that provides a little bit of continuity for what you've been doing throughout the year. But with our students and teachers having no training in technology, no Mm -hmm. training Mm in what it looks like to have a virtual relationship, um, it was really challenging. I think the one thing um, teachers are are amazing, and I, I'm not talking about myself, but in general, teachers that I've met are so willing to collaborate and are so willing to go the mile for their students' social well-being and education that they will not stop until they get it right. And so that, I think, is the spirit and mentality that teachers across the world plunged into this with, mm-hmm. um, that collaboration is key. So It was figuring out, Okay, well, these are the things that work in a classroom in school, you know, having a routine and traditions and certain roles for students. And how can we create those in a virtual world so that our students are feeling like they're safe and taken care of and being able to learn at the same time?
0: Yeah. yeah. Now, So now that we're, what, seven, eight weeks into this new style of that's learning. That's crazy. Wow. That's- <laughs> are you guys, first, are you guys finishing out the semester this way? Or are you guys thinking of going, returning back to school?
2: So Boston, I can speak to, I work for Boston Public Schools. We will not be returning until September. So we are going to be, I think our last day is uh, the maybe June 24th. 25th. And so we will be doing online learning up until that date.
0: How are the students taking that? Like, do, do they, do you feel like they're getting more comfortable with this new system? Um, it, that's my first part of the question. My second part is, do you think the learning is almost, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Do you think this learning method is equally as, you know, satisfying? Are they getting the same type of, mm-hmm. you know, mileage with their education?
2: so first um how are the students it's so funny because you have sixth seventh eighth grade who they're in class they come into school and they're dragging their heels oh i don't want to be here i don't want to be here and then you take it away from them and it's it's the only place they want to be so they're not doing very well they want to be there they miss their friends and teachers um a lot of students also you know there's there's a lot of economic disparity from city to city. Students mm-hmm. get their hot meals at schools. Um, students have a safe place to go. They have positive relationships with kids and adults. So they're definitely missing it. And I think they're kind of over it. The first few weeks it was like, wait, I can do classwork in bed and I can watch YouTube and I can like wake mm-hmm. up whenever I want to. like. You know, it's like um, in Home Alone, when that kid realizes he can do whatever he wants in his, his big old house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then and then they realize this gets old really quick, and, and mm-hmm. I'm not moving as much as, as I should be, and I'm not connecting with people. So it's really taking a toll on students. It's not easy. Um, as for the effectiveness of online learning, I think if a student is generally a high-achieving student, In school, I don't think they're gonna struggle very much with learning online. I think they have the initiative and the ability and um, the capability to continue doing that. But for students who are on special education plans, for students who need one-on-one, for students who might struggle in certain areas, this is really less than ideal because there are so many supports they need that they simply cannot get not being in a classroom with a teacher and that's something they're feeling, and the teachers are really struggling with because you want to be there for your students.
1: Yeah. Can I say something? Yeah. I mean, you mentioned that, and that was one of my questions in terms of how are, how has this change affected you? In terms of because as a teacher, you know, I'm sure there's a that one-on-one relationship in terms of the closeness. You can probably see a lot more than a TV screen or a, a, a computer screen, I should say in that way. Yeah. So how has it affected you and in, in your teaching style?
2: A fair amount. You know, I'm like, I'm pretty well known with my kids for being super corny and tacky. And <laughs> <laughs> I started a YouTube channel for my online classroom. And one of my students' first response was, how cringy is this going to be, Miss? Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I love how you're it's smiling,
0: like, though. That's, that's great. Yeah. And I, I, mean, I think I it's cool that, that you did
2: yeah yeah i own it like that's i think they think it's secretly hilarious and it's just who i am so we have fun with it um but it's yeah i love to joke around with my students um and it's it's not the same when you're behind a screen it's you know Mm -hmm. it's like with any relationship with your with your kids with your significant other with your Mm -hmm. brother sister it's just different there's some kind of dynamic when you're with someone in person that you simply can't capture behind a screen. So it certainly is limiting and it's hard. I think as a teacher, I was also surprised and I mean this in the nicest way possible that um you know my students came on the screen and I just kind of felt this pang of oh, you know, I miss work. Like I really wish I was with you guys right now. Mm-hmm. Um I think to a lot of people it seems it seems like, oh, that's great. You get to be at home and work in your yoga pants. And and yes, it's great to an extent, but you go into education for a reason because you love the kids. So it's yeah. tough to miss them. yeah
0: um, Okay, so I should have said this from the beginning too, um, but anyone out there, if you have a question for Julie, feel free to write the question in the comment section and I will try to locate it and put it up there for Julie to answer. Um, But until then, I do have a question for you, Julie. Um, How are you as a teacher being supported by your district? Um, Because Mm -hmm. it's new territory for everyone, not only the parents, not only you, but for also the district. So can you share with us what they've their mindset or what they've been, you know, how they've been during this whole process?
2: Yeah, it's. um... You know, this answer is going to be different for every city in the world, I'm sure. Mm. I work for a big urban school district. I've worked for the Boston Public Schools. And this was something that was completely unprecedented. I have to say that I've honestly been so pleasantly surprised at how well our district has navigated this Mm. whole situation. We have a we have strong leadership. We have a strong teachers union, and I think that our district, along with our union, have been very communicative about how we can proceed, as well as very reassuring that you know um, we're figuring this out right there along with you. So I think teachers appreciate that transparency for sure. Things that districts can do involving teachers in emergency planning like this. Is something that um, that really makes sense and is to the benefit of everyone because, you know, administration district wide is they they're in those roles for a reason. Just like teachers are in their roles for a reason. So feeding off of each other's expertise is something that's really important for success, mm-hmm. um, and that's something that I think we've done pretty well with. I think mm-hmm. statewide in Massachusetts, we have, and this is the case in some states, not all of them. We have standardized testing that's mandatory for graduation, and that's been canceled this year, which is really a sigh of relief for a lot of teachers because navigating online learning is one thing without the pressure of having to teach to this test and these standards that students need in order to graduate. So that's another thing that our district and our state have done that feels incredibly supportive to teachers in this immediate moment.
0: Nice. Kalia has a question for you. I don't know if you'll know this answer, but it's a question that is a, is a great question. One I've always thought is how is your school district handling graduation for the class of 2020? Because after all this whole thing, to me, my heart breaks for the seniors around the world who put in all this time and won't be able to have a proper senior semester, um, let alone prom or or graduation. So do you know how your school district is handling the graduation for this year's senior class?
2: Our school, it is still in the works. I think, um, like anything, you know, we're still trying to wrap our minds around um, lesson and curriculum and attendance, engagement, social services for kids that they need. I know that our school has started to put together some, um, slideshows, photos, videos of seniors. So they're creating this collective um, virtual staff gift for students memories over the years. So that, um, you know, that's one thing we're doing to begin with, I'm sure that we'll do some kind of a ceremony online. um, And that's our, our first step. And like you said, it's, it's tough, because, you know, you think that we're in the middle of a global pandemic. So sure, prom is a dance and graduation is a ceremony, but students wait their whole lives for these milestone moments. Mm-hmm. I know that from when I was probably nine or 10 years old, I couldn't wait for my prom, and <laughs> getting my yeah. dress and, you know, it's a big deal to kids and it's just heartbreaking to see them miss out on it. Graduation is a huge deal. So I really feel them. My heart goes out to them because it, it's, it's a huge deal and it really is it's tough for them. I know that they're hurting right now.
0: Another great question is how is your district handling grading?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that, that is a beast. <laughs> yeah. That is a beast. Our, our district is so legally during this time, we're not really allowed to give grades, which sounds funny, but when you think about um, the advantages that some kids have over others in terms of what their home environment looks like. So, I mean, I have students who are one of the caretakers for their family, so they might be watching and cooking for their siblings every day. While another student might be able to get on a Chromebook and complete everything. So, because of the the disparity in home situations it's really unfair um, for us yeah. to, to grade students because we just don't know what's going on. It's different when they're all in one classroom together. Yeah. So we are not doing grading. We're doing feedback. We're doing assignments. We're trying to keep kids on grade level as much as we can so that they're getting the appropriate content they need without punishing them for whatever may be happening in their home that prevents them from succeeding in their online learning. Yeah, great. But that's hard too because... You know when kids find out um I'm not yeah getting you're not like, getting why crazy. should i go on and, and do this yeah <laughs> and yeah. you know 13 year old me might decide not to go online i don't know mm-hmm. it's tough
0: yeah. uh, casey has a a question that i i love too is motivation is what's hard for her son any suggestions
2: mm-hmm. Um, and motivation is hard.
0: So suggestions for motivating a student? Yeah, to, to I guess, the do the best they can, even though they're not technically going to school. And because it is a different thing. You know, a lot of kids, I got one that will sleep in and it's, it's like harder to wake her up now at a later time than it was, you know, during the school year. So it's like in their mind, they feel like they're, they're on vacation or they're not in real school. So mm-hmm. what is something you would recommend for motivating a child?
2: Yeah, so I think when I think about um, myself a teacher in the classroom, because we struggle with motivation there all of the time, incentives are huge, right? So that's something, um, depending on the age of your student, I would recommend doing, whether you're you're creating a visual or just making a deal with your kid. Mm -hmm. Hey, if I am able to log on or I hear from your teacher that you've done what you need to do this week, you can have a system. We'll get takeout from your favorite place, or I'll give you um, a check or a star for everything you do. And once you get four of them for the week, we will um, watch this movie on YouTube or whatever it is. You can have an extra hour of video games. You can stay up. So whatever it is that translate, it translates into like almost a prize in your home is something that might, might be helpful for you. Um, You know, it's, it's different in the classroom. I have a whole bunch of different incentives for students: homework passes, um, free lunch, pizza parties, stuff like that, to help students who need that little extra budge. We're also trying to have the conversation with our students about: you might not have to log on, but think about where you want to be when you go back to school, and um, think about how you can get yourself to want to learn and to want to go on and to want to stay on grade level, because the last thing you want to have to do is go back and be behind where your classmates are at.
0: Mm. So it's
2: just big, bigger conversations about what a student can get out of education in general. And that that, if that doesn't work, then go for the incentives. Because yeah. That yeah. always works in my classroom for sure.
1: Yeah. I remember Rutina's mom had incentives. another. Um, go ahead. Yeah. So important. What was that? oh i was saying our mom had incentives for us and that worked re- really well in terms of yeah. for schooling. Yeah. And, um, but one of the things remember mom also i'm not saying who who had what but it was a sliding scale depending on our capabilities too it wasn't we all got graded yeah.
2: differently yeah which yeah
1: definitely todd oh. you you're okay with that what great being yeah. graded differently <laughs> yeah yeah, because not everyone is, you know, has strengths in certain things. Like I'm very good at math. Well, uh, someone else wasn't very good at math, you know. Um, and I wasn't good at certain subjects that others were. It's just you have different strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. No, I, I love that. You're, and you're I, think right. that's
2: a re- I think that's a great point when it comes to incentives is um, make your goals as small as possible. So maybe a goal is like, complete this one, just do this one thing today. Maybe you don't get to your four or three other subjects, do this one thing. Once a kid sees that they've set a small goal and they're able to achieve it, it's gonna give them the confidence to keep achieving other goals that you're setting with them. So start out by setting some really small specific goals for your student. And once they've checked those small ones off, it's really going to build them up to be able to achieve some of the bigger stuff. So that Taj, that's a really great point.
1: Oh,
0: thank you. Yeah. I'm not so sure I'd give the credit. To he doesn't like
1: giving it. me credit, <laughs> but that's, that's what you see. <laughs> but
0: it, it is a good point. So I added it on there. I missed the build one of the words, but I think that's a great advice for anyone who's, because there's so many different factors where your child could be struggling, the motivation, missing their friends. So now they're down, um, they may genuinely need help on a topic that they don't know. Um, so I've had to help, you know, a couple of my kids in math and, and English and things. So I, I love that suggestion of making a goal as small as possible because that's I think that's something that is so important for kids is to to remember that feeling of getting something and, and succeeding at something. And and by making that goal small, you, you give them that opportunity and then they get confident. So I think that's a great advice. It's,
2: it's like with an adult, you know, if, if you're trying to get in shape, you're not going to say, um, you know, I'm just, I need, I just need to lose 50 pounds. That's really hard and overwhelming. Yeah. But if you decide I'm going to try to lose one pound this week, mm-hmm. you feel great when you get your goal. Yeah.
0: yeah. Great point. Um, question for you. Another question. Has there been any talk about the fall season Because or the fall semester because I am an optimistic person by nature, but something is telling me we're going to get a resurgence of this COVID-19 in the fall or next winter. And to me, that means there's a good chance we'll be right back to distance learning. Um, but my, I guess my main question to you, has there been any talks about continuing this distance learning right off the bat in the fall? Um, I think we
2: are taking it a week at a time as best Mm -hmm. as we can. Mm -hmm. Um, It would be really hard if we were to, I mean, I know there's no answer to that right now, but I know that if any district were to announce right now, um, we're gonna keep this going through the fall. It would be hard to keep motivation up. I think it's something they would have to continue to assess. Um, Everyone wants to see each other and connect. So I get, you know, there's that part of it. It really is different and special when you're in a room together. On the other hand, if you're going into a building with of people and there is a resurgence, you keep everyone safe. So it's hard to do. You have to do what's in the best interest of the student at the end of the day. I guess the only silver lining is if we do need to revert back to online learning in the fall, at least we'll have had this time to set it up and to refine the process and to make everything running as smoothly as we can and efficiently as we can for students. So we won't have to reinvent the wheel if we need to do that
0: what pressures are you as an educator experiencing um, that? And also maybe take this question as something us as parents can help you with to do your job the best as you can. What can we do to help you and all the pressure you're dealing with? Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. It's tough because translating, um, you know, what, happens in the classroom academically and socially is very difficult to do. So I think something educators are struggling with is trying to to recreate and to capture what goes on in the classroom with students. I think I've seen a lot online um, parents who are overwhelmed at the postings from Google Classroom, the emails from teachers. So something I think that people can be thoughtful of is teachers are also feeling pressure to send those things out no one is trying to overwhelm a parent no one is trying to overwhelm a student every teacher right now understands that everyone is doing the best that they can um i would say that teachers are probably working more hours than they ever have i know that i have students who are emailing or texting me all hours eight o'clock nine o'clock at night and I don't want to leave them hanging and so it's hard to set a boundary where we're not responding
1: right. um
2: so just understanding as a family that no one is trying to inundate your child with with all of these crazy assignments and all of this work we're just making sure that they have options and resources and um and that that you know that is mandated to us from someone else oh. too so we're feeling just as overwhelmed as all of the families are So i think we could understand that each other and all kind of collaborate to be on one team together. Okay,
0: that's great. Todd do you have uh, any more questions? Talking. Oh, I'm sorry, Julie, were you gonna say something?
2: Oh, just the, the other piece is that um, this doesn't apply to me personally, but most of my colleagues, a lot of teachers are parents as well. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. they're at home and they're trying to teach class, but they have three kids who need to be in their own Zooms. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, just got to cut everyone some
0: slack because it's a, it's a tough time. Yeah. And, and Toria mentioned something that I love too, because, you know, when we think of schooling, we all obviously often think about what they're learning or what they're not learning or what they're missing out on, but it's a crazy different challenging time for everyone. And um, even though we may be handling it one way, our children could be handling it a completely different way. So we have to make sure their mental health is also strong and Okay. Um, before putting pressure on them in the classroom. Very yeah, well said. That's
2: really important for for students, for teachers, for parents. I believe that should be the priority, because you know when when we look back or when we're reading about the global pandemic in history books, um, we don't want the focus to be, but did they do their homework? <laughs> we want the focus mm-hmm. to be. How did everyone survive and handle the situation, and, and was everybody okay? So mm-hmm. it's it's important that we are putting mental health of everyone first right now because it's a um, it's a really precarious time.
0: So and I, and I assume as a parent, that's one way we can help is because that's something that's probably harder for you guys to gauge, you know, through this distance way of learning is is how kids are doing outside of the school stuff. You know, in traditional school, you see them going to lunch or to other classes or you hear some social things. So you have a better handle where you don't this time. And I think as parents, that's where we have to step up and really make sure our kids are doing well outside of the academic stuff. So, because if they are doing well, it'll probably be easier for you guys to do what you need to do as a teachers.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, Taj, was there any other,
1: Taj, was there any questions you had? No, but I think the that was brought up in terms of just being more lenient in general, like, as Julie said everyone's going through something right now and just you know i think we have to kind of see the other side of it and you know you put a, a great point in terms of teachers that have kids or teachers that are doing double duty as you are working harder than you've ever worked it's sometimes we don't see that because we just see our own struggles and so it is important for us in this time to kind of put ourselves in other people's shoes and go well what must they be going through so yeah that was a good point that you mentioned, Julie. We
2: had, we had a student today. It was his um, 12th birthday, a sixth grader. And he is um, he's really into birthdays. So he was so bummed out to not be in school. And all of his teachers put together a Zoom and everybody had birthday signs and saying happy birthday mm-hmm. to him. And it's it's the little steps like that too, I think that can really help to support mental health of students and teachers, that the relationship piece for sure. That's great. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Okay, one final question, Julie, and then I'm gonna give you the floor to say whatever you want. I warned you before the show started. <laughs> um, but my final question is if there's any resources for students or parents that you have that you would like to share um, during this time?
2: Yeah, I have a few resources um, and you can make what you would like of them. These are simply resources. so if things that if you want to go on and check them out, you can. but again as a parent, I know you're all feeling so much pressure so don't think you need to run out and spend all of your time trying to be academically competitive for your kid um, just be there for them so the first one is Khan Academy it's an online learning platform they have sample schedules tips for parents they have free online courses if your student is older and in high school they have test prep materials if you're studying for the ACTs or SATs um it really it's a very well organized set and um something i highly recommend our school uses it for a lot of lessons as well so that's khan academy um the college board a lot of people are probably familiar with that they've been around forever um they are also doing test prep they are figuring out and registering high school students for the ap exam virtually so you can take the exam online They're also hosting review sessions on YouTube for students for free, which is an amazing resource because it's really hard to prepare for these, you know, milestone exams um, without proper review sessions. So that's College Board. Scholastic, good old Scholastic. Mm -hmm. uh, They have so many things on their website, 20 free days of active learning journeys. They have games. they have stories, literacy skills for students. Um, Scholastic is an incredible site. They have art, they have English, they have um, contests you can enter, they have learning. So I definitely would recommend checking them out as well. They are, uh, you know, tried and true, have been around forever. Something I've personally been using for my students is the Google Arts and Culture platform. They have virtual tours of pretty much any major or minor museum or exhibit in the world. I have shown my students the Van Gogh Museum. We've gone to the Louvre in Paris. That's cool. We've gone to the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum in Boston, cool. the Children's Museum, the Aquarium. So, you know, you could schedule a virtual field trip for your student and make a fun day of it for your kid. You could pack a special lunch to eat at the desk together. And um, in these museums, it's neat because you can use the arrows on your keyboard to kind of walk around and look at the exhibit and it gives you the full 360. So Google Arts and Culture, you can go anywhere. It is amazing. I love that site. Um, And then the last, oh, Rosetta Stone. That is (laughs) Rosetta Stone, for language learners, if you're learning a language, this is amazing. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have heard about Rosetta Stone. Um, and it's always for, for a cost, but right now they are doing three months free online language instruction for any students who's, uh, who are being homeschooled or whose schools have closed. That's a huge deal. Rosetta Stone is an amazing resource. They have okay. hundreds of languages. And if your student has been studying a language all year, they can continue with it. Or if they want to try and learn something new in the next few months, it's a great challenge as well. The last thing I'll say, I didn't share this as an official like company or website, but I also would like to tell parents, think about social media, how you can use um, Pinterest or YouTube or TikTok to engage students as well. There's a lot on there um, for someone who is, uh, you know, not in her, not in her twenties anymore. <laughs> I've had to <laughs> learn <laughs> I, and my friends know that I am notoriously bad with social media, but I've had to learn a lot of it in order to engage my students. And we've had teachers doing TikToks. We've Mm -hmm. had contests on Instagram. We've done YouTube channels. Students love it. I mean, if they're gonna be Mm. plugged into it anyway, why not find the like um, cultural or academic piece of it and hook them into it? It's a great way to get them to pay attention.
0: I love that. I love that. Um, I think that's a good one because that's where their intention is. That's where they're engaged in. So you might as well meet them where they're, where their you know, their interests are. So I think that's great. Absolutely. Um, okay. Julie, the time has come, uh, time. 30 seconds up to a minute, whatever you want to talk about. Um, let us, we're all yours. So go ahead. All
2: right. So I'm just going to start. Um, I, I just want to start by saying to every parent and student out there, first of all, um, thank you. You are amazing and you are enough and everything you're doing is wildly incredible to me. I know it is such a challenge to be in a house all day long and to try and figure all of this out. So first is love to students and parents because teachers, we see you, um, and we respect you and we are here for you. And we really care about your families. And then personally, um, I've been listening to a lot of great music lately. It helps me, it calms me down. I go for lots of walks. My recent playlist is some really cool 90s chams. (laughs) 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 I'm, I'm, I'm a very nostalgic person and it's all kind of like, um, you know, Lilith Fair music, a lot of Sarah mm-hmm. McLachlan and Jewel <laughs> and Dylan Osborne.
1: Nice.
2: So I would encourage people to go back to your teen years and find some music that makes you comfortable and that reminds you of home. Go for a nice long walk and just let yourself breathe. That's my that's my PSA to everyone for sure. I
0: love it. I love it. Well, Julie, uh, on behalf of Taj and I, thank you so much for joining. Yeah. Uh, thanks for everything you said. We've I've learned a lot. Um, Taj has learned a lot. Um, I know our listeners and viewers have. I can't thank you enough. I tip my hat off to you and all your colleagues in Boston. Uh, I appreciate everything what you guys are doing and all the teachers around the world. Thank you. Um, I've always mention i I think my brothers and i we always talk about how teachers are underappreciated and they should be paid more i hope something like now will wake us up and do the right thing and and increase your pay and and really take care of you guys because without you guys i mean you're taking care of our precious things every day so big thank you to you um
1: taj is there anything else you want to say before we close No, just thank you so much, Julie, for coming on and sharing your knowledge. You know, I'm a student as well because I'm learning, you know, I have a little one, but I'm learning, but I've always appreciated teachers because you guys are shaping the future. Basically, you have it in the power of your hands. So thank you for that. Um, Also, one of our longtime listeners is having a birthday on Friday. So Tiffany, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Tiffany. (laughs) Calls in a lot or used to call in a lot. Now we're doing this format. so This way. Yeah.
0: Um, All right. We're going to close the show. Julie, again, thank you so much um, for joining us. Uh, Taj, I will talk to you later. And to everyone out there, thank you. Thank
1: you guys for tuning in. (laughs) (laughs) Adios. All right. Thank you.